Hey, hey, welcome to Gutter Trash, episode 173. Triumph and Torments. I think so, yeah. Alright, my name is Eric. My name is Jason. Uh, I guess the full title is Doctor Strange and Doctor Doom, Triumph and Torments. Yeah, I was wondering about that too. Because <clears throat> it was like... Because on the side it says Doctor Strange and Doctor Doom in Triumph and Torment. Right. But clearly on the front cover, Triumph and Torment is like tiny compared to the size of their names. So. Right. I guess you go with the whole shebang. Yeah. Well, if for some reason we need to refer to the title from this point out, let's just call it Triumph and Torment. All right. Or, or D- D&D TNT. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like some sort of extreme gaming night. <laughs> Welcome to D&D TNT. Or, like, maybe, like, Ted Turner's... No, or, no, Channel TNT will be filming live Dungeons & Dragons games. Right. That'd be exciting. Yeah, <laughs> no, it wouldn't. <laughs> and yet, I have more respect for D&D than I do for Magic. Oh, yeah. I would still never, ever play it in a yeah. million years, but uh, I can get behind the people who are into that. Yeah, they come in, they buy three books, yep. and never see them again. <laughs> 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 well, maybe if they have, like, those lead miniatures, but right. we, never, we never really get into that. Dice. Yeah. Dice. Maybe, yeah. like, a dice pouch, even. Right, yeah. Uh, yeah I remember selling a bunch of dice uh, when I worked at Mavericks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 20-sided oh. die. Yeah. That reminds me. Ten-sided die. Four-sided, maybe. Four-sided. Six-sided. I sold a six-sided dice to a, like, a four-year-old girl yesterday. It was so cute. Nice. She only had 60 cents, and they're, we sold them for 75. All right. We just let her slide. That's cool. Yeah. And then that little girl went on to uh, run a game of craps outside <laughs> of the alley. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, she has to earn her ecstasy somehow. Uh, Dayton. Her parents aren't going to buy it for her. Not until she gets a job. Right. Well, you know, they gotta spend their money on the meth. Right. Right. Uh, oh, man. What was it yesterday? There was a gamer guy in with his girlfriend. Oh. What was it? He was like. She, she was like tolerating his nerdiness, you know, and she was like right. clearly like not into it, but she was like nice about it, and she was like, you know, she was hot, and she was, like, clearly, like, maybe, I, I don't want to say out of his league, because that's... Uh, no, yeah. But, you know, I mean, it's all Already. arbitrary, it's all arbitrary but... Uh, no, out of his league. Let's let's do that. Okay. Yeah, out of his league. Yeah. But, uh, they were looking at, uh, like, Magic Commons, and, and what was he saying? He was, like, he, he was, like, looking for some specific card, and, uh, and she was, like, trying to help him and tolerate, and he was, like, oh... No, honey, you just, you don't know what you're doing or something. And I was just like, in my mind, you know, I'm like, he doesn't know how lucky he is among his peer group. Right. Like, all of his friends that he's ever met or ever will meet, whenever he tells the story about he doesn't know why she dumped him. Right. It'll be like, those little things, like, I wish I could remember exactly what he said, because what he said, because it was, it was pretty awesome. Did he say it in that tone of voice? <laughs> he totally did. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, man, I can't remember. I can't remember precisely what he said, but... I'm sure it was awesome, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
but, but she uh, clearly like went from like tolerating him to like you could almost like see it in her eyes like I guess I'll dump him tomorrow. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> It was horrible. It's horrible. I mean, she was like really nicely dressed and like just had like pretty hair and like, right, right. And he was just there in his like magic sweatpants. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, dude, seriously, <laughs> just try a little harder, just a little harder. Uh Yeah. I. Uh, yeah. So. Doctor Doom, Triumph and Torment. Let's do this. Yeah? Yeah. Is this our uh, second or third Marvel graphic novel? I think it's... Second second at least. Yeah. I don't recall if we have done a third or not. I think I'm thinking of I read the Star Slammers graphic novel last year, but I don't think it was for the show. Not for the show. But uh, we did do a Hulk thing. Uh... Whatever subtitle that had. Right. Yeah. Return to Big Nothing. Is that what it's called? No. Oh. That's a Punisher. Oh. <laughs> no. Oh, that was a Stumptable Pilot song. <laughs> no, it's just Big Nothing. Oh. <laughs> and also describes their career. Oh. Oh. Man. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. 1989? 1989-ish. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Written by Roger Stern, drawn by Mike Mignola. Mike freaking Mignola. Old school Mike Mignola. Super old school Mike Mignola. Doesn't entirely look like what you would expect Mike Mignola to look like. Right. This is definitely early in his career. Or at least early-ish. Mid-career? Yeah. yeah I don't know. Yeah. Because, yeah, I, don't, I know the, early, the first time I ever remember seeing his stuff is like... Uh, Cosmic Odyssey, the DC thing. Right. Um, uh, he did, uh, like some X-Men and some Hulk, like back in the mid to early 80s. Was that, that was before that? Okay, because yeah. I remember the Hulk stuff, like when Hulk was in outer space or something. Right, I think so, yeah. Okay, so that was before that. Yeah. And again, his style was very different. Yeah, like, like Rocket Raccoon. Right. Where it's yeah. like real, yeah, like when I read Rocket Raccoon, I, I mean, I read it after I was a fan of Hellboy. Right. And I was like, there's no way I would have been able to tell you that that was Mike Mignola. Right. Like, I would have thought Chris Ware before Mike Mignola. I have uh, the X-Men Asgardian Wars trade paperback, right. and Mike Mignola drew a section of it, uh, along with Art Adams, who also was very early in his career. Oh, wow. And you can tell for sure, like, the Art Adams stuff. Like, it looks like Art Adams. Uh, but, like, you know, just still a little, uh, you know, you can tell he's still learning and developing. Like his proportions and whatnot. Right, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, like, you can definitely see that Art Adams style. Right. Uh, I could not tell you for a hundred dollars what pages Mike Mignola drew. Really? Yeah. <laughs> like, just, uh, it looks like Art Adams, or? Kinda, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I'm sure I've read those back when I was, like, reading... I was devouring anything Art Adams when I was right. an early teenager. Um, but, yeah, I probably didn't know who Mike Mignola was. Right. Uh, so so this is... Uh, one of the cover is uh, done 
and I think what people would most associate with his style. Yeah. Uh, but the interiors are, are uh, you can see it developing. Right. But, like, it's still not exactly what you think of. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's crazy. It's <clears throat> yeah. so different. It's very wispy. Wispy is the perfect word. <laughs> I told that to somebody this week. I was talking about this book, and I was like, yeah, it's like it's got real, like, delicate, pretty lines instead right. of those harsh, angular lines. Right. Uh, and it's not bad. Mm-hmm. It's just different than, especially with, with 20 years of Hellboy and, yeah. you know, everything else. Oh, that was. It's <laughs> <laughs> Wonder Woman deflecting a bullet. Right. Um, you know, like, I, I wouldn't say that I like it better than his Hellboy art, but for some reason, like, I, like I think I was more excited to read it when I saw it was his old style uh-huh. than if it was just, like, you know, his current art style right. over the story. Just because it, it's so different, and it's it's really good. Oh, yeah, it's very good. Like, like it almost... Like, I'm, I'm almost wondering why he changed his style so much, because... Like, I don't, I don't think either one's necessarily better than the other. Like, as far as, like, if he would have kept going in this style and developed it a little more, right. you know? Like, that wispier kind of thing. Like, I bet he would be just as amazing as he is now, but right. in a different kind of way. I think maybe it's a, uh... I think it's a... Cause I think maybe it's a matter of him trying to find his own voice. Because I think with the style that's in this book, like, you can still see a lot of his influences. Right. Like, like there's definitely a sort of a, a John Basima, you know, influence to it. And a little bit of the Kirby stuff. Right. Uh, but not a ton, especially for a book like this. You know. uh, Maybe a tiny bit of, like, Wrightson or A little Wrightson. A little, uh, I would say, uh, W.M. Kaluta. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... Perhaps even some Barry Windsor Smith. Yeah, I was thinking Barry Windsor Smith, too. Yeah. But you can definitely, like... Like, there's a scene where... Well, any of the stuff with Mephisto... Yeah, It's, yeah. like, very... Like, even, like, his first appearance, it looks like a Hellboy cover. Like, right, yeah. Like, the design and the layout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh... Like, there's a scene where Doctor Strange... Like, it's a flashback where he... Or... Well, sort of a flashback where he's remembering the first time he visited the Ancient One's tomb. Right. And they're, like... The, like, you know, worshippers that are in there in those cloaks. I mean, th- that's right out of Hellboy. I mean, yeah, like, yeah. the cloaks are, like, they have these jagged lines and, like, yeah, it's like, it's like current Magnolia is, like, peppered throughout this book, but right. it's he, way he different. Breaking through, especially once you get towards the end of it. Like, I think the beginning of the, the story has, uh, well, it's weird because, uh, <laughs> uh, the story in this book, is sort of broken up into two sections. Yeah. And it honestly reminds me of a Simpsons episode. Really? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I have, like, I love The Simpsons, even though, like, I haven't watched it in, like, five years, maybe. Like, on a regular basis, anyway. Right. Uh, but, uh, like, the one thing I've always loved about The Simpsons, like, the very first time I realized that, you know, some, like something occurred while I was watching an episode of The Simpsons once, where it was just like, "Oh, people write these things. <laughs> people put a lot of thought and time 
into figuring out how to do one of these things. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, what it was is, like, <clears throat> a lot of the great Simpsons episodes, like, start out you usually with Homer doing something stupid. Right. And then there's, like, maybe ten minutes of him, like, following through on that. And then suddenly, out of nowhere, the show completely changes on a dime, and it becomes about, like, something else for the rest of the episode. Okay. I, I know exactly what you're saying. I call it the Return of the Jedi effect. Okay. You know, because that movie is two movies. you got the Jabba movie, and you got the Ewoks movie. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Okay. Same kind of thing. Yeah. I see where you're going. Yeah, because the first part is, like, kind of a secret wars thing where, like... Yeah, a little bit. Everybody's being, uh, like, summoned into this one place, and, like, there's this big battle and hubbub, and right. power is given, and... And then, yeah, then it kind of completely goes into a separate storyline. Right. I mean, you know, they're connected, of course. Oh, right, right. But it's like the, it's like a two-act story. Yeah, you know, yeah. Instead of a three-act. And, I mean, you know, the, the acts, you know, like the three-act structure is still there, you know, beginning, middle, end. But, mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's just, you know, yeah, just sort of, again, like I said, it's all connected, but it's just almost like, you know, there's just this certain point where it's just like, oh, this is what this story is becoming. Right. Yeah. yeah. It started out completely in one way, and now it's heading to a different direction. Did, did that, like, was that jarring or anything? Oh, no, not yeah, at all. Not, yeah. yeah, I didn't think so either. I really enjoyed this book. Yeah. Yeah. And, and not just because Mike McNolan did it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I wouldn't say I'm a huge Roger Stern fan. What, what else is he? He's in like Captain America or something. Captain or? America, Avengers, Spider Man. I mean, he he worked on just like pretty much all the Marvel, classics. Right? Yeah. Uh, you know, Omaha the Cat Dancer. Omaha the that was him, right? Yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> I said uh, all the classics. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah, yeah you yeah. covered that. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. What am I doing? Uh, yeah. It's not that I'm uh, not a fan of his. It's just um, you know, I haven't read a ton of his stuff. Yeah, you know, like, whatever I have read, I probably didn't even know it was him. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I'm sure I've read a dozen books by him and right. just been like, oh, that was a entertaining read. Right, right. Yeah. Never looked at the credits, you know. Yeah, I really liked this, too. Yeah. Like, I think it was... I, I expected to love the art mm-hmm. and just slog through it because of the art. Right. But it was really cool. Yeah. Uh, I pretty much expected the same. Yeah. Uh, just, I don't know, uh, you, you might feel the same way that I do, but probably not. Uh, but, like, I don't know, for me, there's just sort of this idea that I have of, uh, old school comic book storytelling. Right. Or at least, uh, writing-wise, that, that I was really afraid that this was gonna be that. Yeah. You're just over, over-dialogued, over-narrated. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like I'm gonna open this door, and then like the next panel is him opening the door, right, and he's yeah, yeah. got a thought balloon that says, "There, it's open." Yeah, you know, <laughs> with a caption that says, yeah. "As as the door opens." <laughs> yeah, and Stanley explains like you know why he think you know like if you remember last issue, right. old Webhead had trouble <laughs> opening that door. <laughs> And there's some of that in this book. Uh, I mean, it's, you know, I mean, he is 
an old school comic writer, you know, so so right. it's there, but it doesn't seem but it doesn't seem clunky. It just seems right. like it's just like you can you can really tell uh when this was made. Yeah. It'd be yeah. it'd be like when you watch a uh like I kinda think of Pink Floyd's music as kind of timeless for some reason because mm-hmm. they don't sound like the other bands from their era. Right. But if you watch videos of them and they just have the bell bottoms and right. like, you're like, Oh, I know exactly when this was made. <laughs> So, it's it's like that. Right, yeah. Pretty good version. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. It's and, and like a, maybe another thing that makes this work, even though it has those tripes or whatever, is a lot of those silver AG or, or early eighties, uh, you know, bronze age, whatever you want to call them stories, that you know, they they are like formulaic and like you know, they you know it's going to end and not continue into the next thing, and it's right. and they can't really do a lot. So there's, I mean, there's something that happens, but it's usually it usually involves zero character development, right? And this really gives you a window into, I would say, both of the characters. I mean, more so oh, yeah. Doctor Doom, but yeah. but it really like it really fleshes out some of the personality of both of the doctors, right? Uh, yeah, I mean. uh I mean, yeah, we've been reading comics forever, so we know that, uh, you know, deep within the villainous Doctor Doom, there beats uh, the heart of a nobleman. Yeah. And the story really, you know, lets that shine. And oh, yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, he's he's sympathetic, he's noble, you know, I mean, he's still Doctor Doom, right. but, you know, he's... He's still know. kind of, you know, oh, yeah, villainous yeah. in yeah, the story. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like, he doesn't completely win you over in, like... And, you know, without completely spoiling it, he does sort of, like, at the end, you know, sort of, you're like, ah, that's the Doctor Doom I know. Right. Yeah. (laughs) But, yeah, I, uh, I thought it was awesome. Oh, yeah, it was great. As as I was reading it, uh, I was thinking that, uh, I mean, uh, I know that uh, it couldn't be done exactly the way this is, but uh, I think this would make for a great Doctor Strange movie. Yeah, yeah, because uh, you know, I mean, you obviously couldn't have Doctor Doom in it, but you could, you know, make up, you know, some sort of generic, you know, European dictator, you know, and still build the story around it because mm-hmm. the story, you know, starts, you know, pretty much assuming that you know who Doctor Strange is, and then even still, like you know, halfway through it, you get kind of an origin story, yeah. like really quick, right? You know, but you know, and. Then, Overall, though, like, the whole thing is, like, him, you know, starting from this point, he becomes another thing, and then he does this thing, and, you know, and he fights the devil, you know? <laughs> All right. I mean, uh... That's interesting. That's cool. a, I, but, uh, you know, what better way could you do a Doctor Stranger movie, you know, other than the sloggy bullshit that an origin story <laughs> would be? <you laughs> right, <know>? yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, I mean, that could, <clears throat> make, that could make a good movie, like a Doctor Strange movie, yeah. like, with, you know, like, if... If it's well written and they, you know, he has good lines, you know, right, like, yeah. like I never would have thought I would have liked the Iron Man movie, right? But I loved it, and I could see them doing something similar, like kind of tweaking Doctor Strange and making yeah. him a little. But uh, yeah, I'd, I'd almost, I'd almost be pissed off if they did that without Doctor Doom oh, after this movie, because yeah. <laughs> I mean, I love Doctor Doom, and this, this was a really, I mean, this might be the best depiction of Doctor Doom I've ever read, yeah. as far as like. Just like his character, you know, right? Like it really made you feel for him, but he's also still badass and like, right? You know, I thought that was great. That is bold praise. Yeah, yeah. Well, 
I can uh, definitely say for sure it's better than uh, his depiction in any of the Fantastic Four movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I could not recall if uh, I've read any memorable Doctor Doom stories, so clearly I haven't. Right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, like, I remember reading a, a lot of them when I was a kid, and, like, I never really knew... I mean, you know, like, I knew he was, like... You know, not just a bad guy. Like he was in charge of this right. country, and like he, you know, he was like a little different. But uh, like, I don't know that I've ever read like a really good origin story of him, like, right. you know, like, where you see him. You know, like I, whenever he was like uh, climbing through the Himalayas and like trying to seek the knowledge, I feel like I've seen that in a flashback. Yeah. But I don't, I don't think I've ever seen a, a fleshed out origin story for right. him. Uh, yeah, I think the most I've ever seen is just, like, a quick flashback to, you know, him putting on the mask, right. you know, that's still, you know, boiling hot from yeah. you know, being smolted. Uh, <laughs> uh, it, he is, I think, one of those characters that, uh, you know, whenever he shows up, all the other characters are like, is Dr. Doom, he's so evil and badass, and they're always telling you that. Yeah. But... You know, I think this is the first time that you've ever actually been shown <laughs> what exactly he is. He is. Yeah. He does sort of have this commanding presence <clears throat> in yeah. the Marvel Universe. Like, like I mean, there's not a lot of similarities, but he, there are there are a couple where he almost seems like the Joker of the Marvel Universe. Right. Where, like, you know, he's the man. Like, when he shows up, everybody else is like, whoa, shit. It's, right. It's Doctor Doom, you know. Uh, he's one of those things, I think, where... <clears throat> Like, if a new writer takes over the Fantastic Four, you know that within the year, it's going to be his big Doctor Doom story is oh, coming. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> and, like, uh, people have done a lot of good stuff with him. Like, I don't know if you remember, did you read the Straczynski Spider-Man run? You read those, right? Uh, I read some of them, yeah. Did, did you read the number 36, the, the black cover one? Uh, the, the World Trade Center. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, that was a really well-written yeah. story, and... And Doctor Doom was in it, and like right. he had a really good part, and it sort of like, I mean, it was like that was pretty powerful because you know he was like, you know, he came there and he was like helping out, and right. was, like, you know, we're not, I'm not here to fight. This is something different. And, like, I mean, yeah, he's he's he can be a really great character whenever people don't just use him as like a a thug with like blasters that come right, out of his right. hands, you know. And, like he can be really well written, and and this was definitely a well written. Yeah. Like, yeah, I think I think the story definitely holds holds up right next to the art in this. Totally does. Uh which, you know I was honestly, yeah, not prepared for it to be that good. No. Yeah, no. yeah I slogging <clears throat> is exactly what I was prepared for right. for. Because um, uh my friend Jeremy loaned me this and um I know he's a big Magnolia fan. Right. Um but I don't know anyone on the planet that I would call a big Roger Stern fan. Right. So, I, you know, I was like, okay, you know, he likes Magnolia, you know, okay, sweet. Right. I'll read it. And, yeah, wasn't was not expecting to like the story. Right. Uh, you know, we're, uh, are we just dicks for assuming that, that uh, it would have been terrible? Well, I mean, we've read a lot of, like, like that Hulk thing. Right. Like, I remembered that as being awesome. Right. And, and that story was, I mean, it was like, it was like an, it was like a Howard the Duck annual. Like, like nothing wrong with Howard the Duck annuals, but I mean, right. this was like a freaking Marvel graphic novel, no ads, like no, 
uh, you know, comics code. Like, right. you know, th- it was supposed to be awesome. Right. You know? It was supposed to you know, push the boundaries yeah. of well, what you could do in a Marvel comic. Exactly. Yeah, and yeah. the art was freaking stellar. Yeah. Bernie yeah. Wrightson is like painted colors and it was amazing. But then we reread it and I was like, I was so disappointed. I was like pissed off yeah. at Jim Starlin at that point. I, I think I remember that I somewhat enjoyed it, but, you know, it definitely had its, its problems. Right. It was hard to read in places, but uh, I didn't have any of those problems with this book. Yeah, not uh, at all. Like, I was engaged through all, all of it, you know, and, uh, like, you, when you gave it to me last Sunday, uh, you know, like, yeah, I expected, I expect, it's only, like, 96 pages, maybe. Right. You know, I expected it to take all week to read. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I was done with it by, like, Tuesday. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I actually, I think I read this in the car, or, or like, most of it in the car while waiting for our Godfather's Pizza. Because right. I was like, I'll read some of this, and then, you know, like, maybe I'll give it to Eric tomorrow or something. But I, I was like, I was done with it. And I was right. like, wow. <laughs> So uh, I wanted to point something out about the art mm-hmm. that I had noticed on my uh, uh, second flip through of this book. Oh yeah, uh, <clears throat> I noticed that uh, the entire first section of the book, in which uh, it's uh, Doctor Doom and Doctor Strange, you know, like the whole contest at the very beginning to uh, Doom and Strange uh, working with each other to open a portal to hell uh, like including like you know the, the flashbacks to Doom's origins mm-hmm. uh, it's all told within the confines of like the normal sized comic page uh, like even though like the, the book itself is a slightly bigger size okay, uh, the pages are all confined, and there's a white border around all the panels. Uh, except for, like, in flashbacks, there's some black borders uh, in some of the inner panels, but there's always a confining white border. Okay. Then they go to hell, and it all breaks loose. There's now full bleed pages. All the panel borders are black. Uh, <laughs> the, the panels all sort of uh, just change shapes wow. here and there. Yeah, yeah, they do. I did not notice that. That's amazing. And then uh, when they go back to Earth, uh, back to the uh, normal-sized wow. pages with the white borders. Wow, that's crazy. Right? I didn't pick up on that. <laughs> Impressive. That's really cool. So uh, even back in 1989, fucking Mike McNoll was a goddamn genius. Yeah, that's, that's great. That's really cool. That's... Huh. <laughs> well, you know what might be even more impressive about this book than that is the fact that Doctor Strange's house never gets broken into in this book. <laughs> That's hilarious. I think it's the first time I've ever seen that happen. Or not happen. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Because uh, uh, there's a new Defenders series uh, currently uh, being published by uh, Matt Fraction and... Uh, uh, Dobson's. Yeah. yeah, I think they're doing the the main story arcs, but like they're uh, they did the first three issues, and then like the next couple issues are all like focused on the individual members. Okay. Uh, so issue four was about Doctor Strange himself. Someone breaks into his house. <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> the guy really needs to get a better security system. <laughs> and I was disappointed that there wasn't a scene. Uh, 
when Doctor Doom showed up to the contest, where they didn't go, Doctor, 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 right. like <laughs> that was that really kind of bummed me out. Yeah, yeah bummed me out. Yeah. <clears throat> well, they spent uh, apparently like six weeks with each other uh, training to, yeah. to go to hell. So I'm sure there was plenty of times where they just said that. they had to have watched Spies Like Us once during yeah, that yeah. six weeks. Yeah, Wong <laughs> brought it in. He just got the VHS tape. <laughs> <laughs> the VTR tape or whatever yeah. they called them back then. The VHS. No. Yeah. Well, that, that movie, uh, that Greg Kinnear, Hogan's Heroes movie, uh, Willem Dafoe calls them VTRs, ah. videotape recorders. He, yeah. The whole movie. Which I thought was adorable. Because it was Willem Dafoe. Right. He's adorable anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have, have you seen him in uh, Life Aquatic with that little hat? Oh. And those shorts? He was pretty goddamn adorable. Yeah, I yeah, know, right? Yeah. You just want to get him and take him home. Yeah. Curl up with him. <laughs> watch watch a, you know, like a Peanuts Christmas special or something. Eat some popcorn. It may be my favorite of his roles ever. Yeah. Yeah? yeah I think Is so. It, was it Klaus? Is that his name? Klaus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think he would make an awesome Doctor Strange. <laughs> I could see him. Eh, uh, I don't know. I couldn't. Really? Yeah. Just dye his hair. Yeah. He's got the right age, you know? Yeah, he's about the right age. But, uh, yeah, because I, I imagine Dr. Doom or Dr. Strange is, is in his 50s, maybe. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like late 50s. Probably. Yeah. 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 Huh. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, <clears throat> I think in an ideal world, uh, Vincent Price would have played Doctor Strange. Oh, wow, yeah. yeah. Like maybe in the early 80s or something. Something uh, like that. No, like 70s maybe, yeah. Yeah, 60s. Here. Yeah. Uh, but, alas. Yeah. Although I know that uh, Jeffrey Combs sort of played him. <laughs> Did he? Yeah. Uh, on the, on the, the old Doctor Strange movie? No. Uh, in the mid-80s. Uh, there was a movie, I believe it was called Dr. Druid or something like that, hmm. or, yeah, I can't remember the exact title, but it, uh, it was originally supposed to be a Dr. Strange movie that uh, Marvel said, no way. <laughs> so they just uh, changed the names. Oh wow! And uh, released it straight to VHS. <laughs> there is. We did have a Doctor Strange movie. Uh, yeah, I know that one. Is that is that good? Uh, I have seen it. Uh, back in like uh, the early '90s when it was once on on TV, like on a Saturday afternoon. Uh, it is not good. Yeah, I would not imagine it would be. No, it is. Uh, it is like a Pink Floyd video. <laughs> okay, well. Uh, bell bottoms and uh, afros <laughs> and uh, porn stashes. <laughs> that does sound good. There. Uh, it does have the uh, the mom from Arrested Development in it. Though. Oh, really? There. Nice. <laughs> she right plays Wong? <laughs> no, she she plays the villain. Oh. Yeah. Is Wong in the, that whole thing? I yeah. cannot recall. That's curious. <clears throat> So yeah, uh, should we talk about the story at all? Like what they uh, do? I don't know. Uh, I mean, uh, the 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 beginning part is uh, the uh, like some some magical beings decide to hold a contest to determine which uh, 
Master of the Mystic Arts will be labeled as the uh, Sorcerer Supreme. And, of course, it's Doctor Strange. Duh. Right. Yeah, he's <laughs> Doctor Strange, Sorcerer Supreme. <clears throat> right. That's what I he's get, known as. Uh, I'm guessing uh, maybe this was the book that established that. That's possible, yeah. 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 <clears throat> uh, uh, but then, uh, as a result of him winning the contest, he is uh, supposed to grant... Uh, a wish to uh, the only other person who managed to not be defeated by the contest, which is Dr. Doom. Yeah. Who uh, decides that uh, he and Dr. Strange are going to travel to hell to rescue his mother's soul from Mephisto. And that's the story. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, wow. Yeah. Like, because you totally expect him to be like, I want to rule right. know, or all at least, of the world. Or, you know, kill the accursed Richards. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, that's pretty big of him. Yeah. And, like, at first I was like, this is some ploy. He's just trying to, like, get Doctor Strange to get stuck in hell or something. But right. no, I mean, yeah, he really wants to save right. his mom's soul. And there's twists and turns uh, when they get to hell. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it all works out, sort of. Mm-hmm. Maybe not in the best way. <laughs> But do you think it was the way Doctor Doom played? <clears throat> because the, the like, uh, there's some Boris has a little conjecture there about. He's like, maybe that's how he planned this to all work out. He beat, you know, maybe he planned on beating the devil at his own game, that sure. sort of thing. But he's diabolical, that Doctor Doom. He's a genius, sir. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just really solid, yeah, good comic, right? You know, and. Uh, you don't need to have read hundreds of uh, Doctor Strange comics beforehand. Never need to have read a, a Fantastic Four no, book. I'd say if you've never even heard of either one of these characters, you yeah. can follow this story because, yeah. like you said, there's a. I mean, there's basically an origin for both of them yeah. somewhere in the book. Yeah. Uh, this uh, this may be one of the best uh, Marvel graphic novels I've read. Uh, I know they did like forty of them or something like that, and mm-hmm. I've only read. Like just a handful, but yeah, uh, this is uh, this is up there. This yeah. may be even better than uh, God Loves Man Kills. Ooh, wow, right. yeah, yeah. I, I think I've only I've only read maybe like maybe a half dozen of them. Um, I remember really liking the Daredevil one, right? Uh, the Kingpin thing, Love and War. Yeah, Love yeah. and War. Is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah so. I think so. But Sinkovich. Uh, but it's been it's been geez. At least 10, 15 years since I've read it. Right. So I don't remember it too clearly. <clears throat> um, but yeah, this might even top that one, which, which is saying a lot because, I mean, that's, that's Miller. That's right. primetime Miller. That is prime Miller before he went absolute batshit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah. I wonder what Roger Stern is doing nowadays. Huh. Yeah. Seems like. Seems like Marvel would have to still let him write something, right? You think, right? Uh, you know, maybe he was, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, it's weird. It's kind of upsetting when you think about it too much. <laughs> that, uh, you know, there's a ton of, uh, old guys out there who probably are still very good at uh, what they do. Right. And they're just not getting the opportunities for, uh, you know, dick bags like, uh, Mark Wade or Ed Brubaker. Right. <laughs> 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 maybe uh, maybe he's still writing, just not for Marvel. Yeah. Like, you know, I know like Jerry Conway is like uh, you know, like, writes for the Clown Order or whatever. Yeah. Is it the guy that was Dorf the golfer? Uh, no, that is uh, Tim Conway. Tim Conway, okay. The far superior Conway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
I like some Jerry Conway, but uh, he's no dwarf. He is no dwarf. <laughs> you know, I, I saw actually a making of dwarf. He's actually he he actually had his legs in the ground. It wasn't that he was actually that short. <laughs> kind of ruined the magic of it of dwarf. Sorry. Tim Conway deserves respect. Yeah. I don't understand. I, I feel bad for him that uh, apparently he is always going to be remembered as Dwarf. <laughs> no, no way, but, no way. He's been in so much great stuff. Like, yeah. Wasn't he even in a? Didn't wasn't there like a cartoon version of him in Scooby Doo at one time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. And like, uh, he was a regular on the Carol Burnett show. Yeah, where and, he was awesome. Yeah. Uh, he started out in Cleveland, uh, doing stuff in uh, there, and he was. Uh, Part of the horror host scene. Really? Yeah. Tim Conway was? Tim Conway, yep. Wow. Uh, I can't remember the big uh, Cleveland horror host. Uh, I'm sure Brassfield could tell us if he was here. Yeah. Uh, Goulardi, maybe? Huh. I don't know. Sven Gouli. Sven Gouli? I think it's a Goulardi. Goulardi? I think it's Goulardi, yes. He yeah. wasn't Goulardi, but he was like, you know... His henchman or something? Yeah, like he was like the writer of uh, okay. the shows and all that. Wow. Yeah. I had no idea. I, yeah, whenever, whenever we were kids, we watched the Carol Burnett show all the time. Yeah. Like, my aunt was even always doing uh, Carol Burnett impressions. Right. Which, looking back, it might not have been so funny, but when we were kids, you know, we thought it was. Right. But yeah, I loved Tim Conway when I was a kid. All right. Maybe he could play uh, Doctor Strange in the movie. Probably not. No. <laughs> Doctor Doom? Uh, maybe. Closer to that. Yeah. Wong. 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 Yeah. Uh, I think he's passed away, though. Yeah. Do you remember, uh, years ago, maybe even ten years by now, uh, when Marvel tried to restart Epic Comics? And, like, the whole thing was, like, open submission. Oh, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Uh, my, my partner and I, at the time, uh, like, put together a, a pitch for our version of a Moon Knight. Uh, <clears throat> which had very little to do with, you know, the actual Marvel version of the Moon Knight. But we had a character, a supporting character in it, who uh, we said is basically Tim Conway. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he was just uh, kind of a kindly, short, balding, elderly man, you know, uh, you know, with a sense of humor and kind of funny, but uh, he was an angel. And uh, he was always uh, stealing from uh, Moon Knight. Right. Yeah. Were they somehow partners, though, or anything? No. Okay. Uh, he just sort of represented uh, the side of good, uh, where, uh, like, like uh, <clears throat> our character, uh, our version of the Moon Knight, right. uh, was a guy who uh, was a, a loser, and uh, <clears throat> he died while he was in Egypt, and uh, he uh, was resurrected by the Egyptian gods, who decided that uh, they were they've had enough of... Uh, all the bullshit that's been happening on the planet for forever, uh, that uh, they needed to uh, wipe it clean and uh, start over uh, with them in charge. And so they they resurrected this guy to be their minion to uh, destroy the world, basically. Oh, wow. And uh, this Tim Conway character shows up, uh, and uh, he represents, uh, you know, uh, the, the side of good, saying that, you know, you can... Uh, you don't have to destroy the world. You can actually use your powers to, to save the world. Uh, but uh, 
you know, uh, the, the whole thing was that uh, the evil gods were uh, always just uh, giving and giving and giving. Like, they brought him back to life, they, they uh, made him not a loser, they, uh, you know, healed him completely, like uh, he was crippled before he died. Okay. You know, and, uh, you know, they were, they were always just giving him everything that he ever wanted, and, uh, and uh, the, the side of good was always uh, taking. <laughs> and, uh... They, they would uh, go out for a drink and uh, stick him with the bill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Marvel graphic novel. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they rejected us. No. <laughs> Whatever happened to the epic line? Uh, failed. Yeah. 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 I think they, they put out uh, a book. <laughs> and uh, that was it. I think Marvel did a lot better with, uh, a few years ago, they did a lot of foreign books, like, yeah. Skydoll and Sol- Soleil, or yeah, how do yeah. you pronounce that? I don't know. But yeah, like that seemed to even do better than the. I guess the Epic thing did. Yeah. It must do bad. Yeah. I think the only thing they actually ever put out through Epic was uh, Trouble. The, uh, the Mark Millar thing? Yeah. Didn't it just have like photos of hot girls all over it? And, uh, uh, hot underage girls? Yeah. Yes. Uh huh. Yeah. In bikinis. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It was about. Uh, Aunt May and uh, Mary Parker, uh, you know, when they were young, dumb sluts. Really? That's yeah. what it was? That was pretty much all it was. Huh. Who drew that? Uh, Terry Dodson. Hmm. <laughs> okay. I never read it. Yeah, I, n- I had no desire I to. I never even looked inside of it. <laughs> I uh, didn't feel like buying a comic that would have me labeled a pedophile. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm, we might still have some. Wake oh, up. I'll, sure I'll put them in brown bags and <laughs> bring them over. We can devour them. <clears throat> well, that's cool. Yeah. Some Marvel graphic novels. Oh, graphic novels. How much did these things sell for back then? Ten bucks. Ten bucks. Yeah, wow. That's comparable, yeah. I think, to today still. So, back then it was probably even like way more expensive. Yeah, yeah. that's probably true. Yeah, I looked to see, like, after I read this, uh, I looked at Diamond just, just to see if maybe there was a... Reprints. Or yeah, just or because it was Magnolia, I thought they might have, but no, yeah. it's not in print. Um, apparently, it does go for a decent amount on, uh, like, Amazon and eBay, right. so, um, <clears throat> so if you want to read it, you might have to spend a little cash for it, but right. it was really good, though. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I think I said this before on the, the when we did the Hulk thing. That uh, the Marvel graphic novel line, I think, needs to make a comeback. Yeah. Yeah, I think even DC needs to do something, too, because uh, I think it's uh, I think it's a format that's right for a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I think, uh, of course, I mean, if they did do it, it would probably just all be Spider-Man, Avengers, and X-Men. Yeah. You know? and, yeah. Uh, Maybe they'd beat that Deadpool horse one more time. Right. But, uh, yeah, that's yeah. almost over, too. Right. Yeah, and DC would probably only do Batman, Superman, and Green Lantern, you know. So, but I think it's a perfect format for, you know, for someone like the Doctor Strange character, you know. uh, Dazzler. Yeah. Yeah, they tried a lot of kind of second and third tier characters back then. That's awesome that they... And it's a really neat format. It's almost like the vinyl version of a Marvel comic (laughs) because it's like a little taller and... I think it's uh, probably supposed to be comparable to like the the European comics, right? You know, French comics, the, yeah. the albums as right, they call right. them. Yeah, because Marvel is doing something. I forget what they're calling them. Those those hardcovers that are like you know they're just released as a hardcover. It's not a collection of issues. 
Um, but there was an X-Men one that came out last week. Um, I forget what they're calling them. But, uh, but they're just comic size. They're not taller or wider. <clears throat> but they're, you know, they're like a hardcover and they're kind of thick. But they're not, uh, is it a reprint or is it something no, new? Yeah, it's all, all new material. Yeah. Hmm. I forget, I forget first what I've heard of this. Uh, yeah, I think the very first one was out last week. But, really? Yeah. Cause huh. we were, we ordered like three of them just because right. nobody special ordered it or anything. And I was like, I don't know if this is going to do well. And I think we sold one of them. But like, st- seriously, like, I mean, I'm, I'm on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this is absolutely the first time that I'd heard Marvel was doing anything okay. like that. Maybe, I don't know. I mean, you know, we, we might look it up on break because right, I think right, right. that might be, maybe I'm mistaken, but right. I think it's all new material. Huh. I am, uh, flabbergasted. No. Yeah. Alright, so do we want to take a break then? Yeah. yeah I think we're, yeah. we're good on this. Yeah. Highly recommended. Uh, track down a used copy somewhere. Yeah. Triumph and Torment. Yes. Doctor Strange and Doctor Doom. Excellent stuff. Mm-hmm. Alright, we'll be back.
back to gutter trash. Hello. Howdy. Howdy. So you did some research. I figured uh, out what I was talking about. Yeah. It's the Marvel Season 1 line of graphic novels, which is just retelling origins of characters whose origins you already know. Yeah. Uh, yep. if, you, uh, if you have ever read a Marvel comic, you know the origins of Spider-Man, of the Fantastic Four, of possibly Daredevil, and uh, the X-Men have no origin because they were born that way. Yes. Uh, the end. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and no one. I mean, you know, maybe maybe there are some people that are like, I've never even read a comic. Uh, right. I might just check this out, but chances are, if they're if they're that far interested in comics enough to even walk in a comic shop, one of their friends has already told them Spider Man's origin. You know? Right. Yeah. And I think, uh, I mean, you know, I'm trying to remember when I first started really getting into comics. Uh, I mean, I was a kid as well, so. Origin stories interested me. Yeah. But at the same time, like, you know, I never really sought them out. Because I knew that eventually if I kept buying a comic long enough, that eventually they were just going to retell the origin of something. <laughs> right, right. You learn that pretty quick. Yeah. yeah. Marvel and DC. Especially Marvel. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, at least back in that uh, old school style of storytelling that we were uh, saying derogatory things about uh, half right. an hour ago. Yeah. Uh,. <laughs> Uh, we, were, we were never a derogatory. We were pointing out facts. Yeah, that's I mean, true. Yeah. I mean, that, I think that works for a certain age group and a right. certain time. Um, like comics were definitely written for younger, much right. younger audiences than now. I mean, like decades younger. Right. Now they're written for dudes our age. Right. Which, I don't know. It's, uh, it's good and bad, I guess. Yeah. Because, uh,. Yeah, I don't know what I'm trying to say there. Well, it's like, it's like scary because, you know, such a small portion of the market is, I mean, even written towards teenagers. I mean, it's mostly, like, much older that it's been written towards, but I guess they kind of have to because all the people that loved it in the 70s and 80s are now in their 30s and 40s. Right. And And the only ones still buying. yeah, Yeah. I mean... There are some younger kids that come in, and they don't, right. you know, like some of them buy the little kids' comics, and some of them buy just regular right. Avengers comics. But it's a tiny per- portion or percentage of our uh, yeah. comic sales. I would say though that, uh, you know, I mean, I can remember reading comics that were, I mean, they weren't gratuitous or anything like that, but they they certainly weren't, you know. I think they were definitely aiming for as wide an audience as possible. So, you know, there wasn't, like, you know, fist-fucking going on or anything like that. <laughs> right. But, you know, it also wasn't, you know, written for, you know, retarded children. Right. You know. Like, it, was, it was somewhere between Kool-Aid Man comics and Howard Chaykin's <clears throat> Black Kiss. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, I mean, like, dark things happened. And, I mean, I mean, you know, I was ten years old when I read the Dark Phoenix saga. Yeah. You know, I mean, fucking Jean Grey destroys a planet and then kills herself. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty dark. Yeah, and that was back in 1982 when that was written or whatever. So, I mean, the whole comics are for kids thing has never exactly been true. But yeah. I definitely think that they were a lot more accessible than they are now. Right. Yeah. Plus, I mean... I mean, you know, not sound like a curmudgeon where you're like, oh, aren't kids today? But, I mean, there are tons of things that 
you know, compete with uh, the attention of kids and, right. you know, I mean, obviously if, if we had the internet and, like, right. everything when we were kids, I don't, I don't know that I would have been as into comics. I mean, I'm sure I would have, but the characters were awesome, but right. I might have just, like, played the video games and watched the movies and, right. you know, you know, played the MMO and, you know, right. all that stuff. Well, as a 33-year-old man, I'm, you know, distracted by the internet, and I'd rather watch it. I would much rather watch the Avengers movie than read an Avengers comic. Me too. Uh. Yeah, me too. Well, I mean, unless, like, the right combination of people were doing it, but... Roll, roll, yeah. Most yeah. likely I'd rather watch the movie. But that, I think, is more of our... That comes from our sort of, you know, I hate to use this word, but sophisticated... Yeah, we... Uh, that's us. Here. We got sophistication <laughs> bleeding out our asses. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, if like Ben Close announced he was doing an Avengers comic, oh yeah, you know, I mean, we are in, right? You know, <laughs> or even even I don't know Simon Bisley, you know, right? But, but yeah, like I think, I think they're just there. There comes an age where you know, as a comic fan, you know, if you're still interested in reading superhero comics at all, that. uh you start following creators more than you follow the characters. But, like, you know, when you're a kid and you're growing up, you're just like, you know, fuck yeah, Spider-Man and Batman. Yeah. And, you know, you don't care, you don't look. You, you, I mean, right. comics just sort of happen. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah, I didn't even realize uh, Marvel and DC were separate universes right, when I was yeah, a kid. Yeah. I was, like, waiting on Spider-Man to join the Justice League, and he just never did. You right, know? right. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I mean, you know, like, I would say you are far less in the superhero comics than I am. But, you know, you're, you're still a guy who, you know, you're going to follow a specific person over, you know, like any kind of franchise that they're right. or whatever, yeah, yeah. you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, I could I could read an X-Men comic, but only if somebody whose work I liked was doing it. Right, right, yeah. yeah. But you know what? It's funny that you bring this up because Batman is my favorite superhero comic. Um, favorite superhero character. Right. And, like, I'm worried that pretty soon it's possible I'm just gonna swear off reading new superhero comics because, because first of all, I was excited about the Daredevil comic and I started reading that and then the second issue of the brand new series where they start over number number one, they're already referring to, like, the last couple years that I haven't read and, like, that really pissed me off because I was like, you know, the whole reason I started buying this because they started over at number one. I'm like, okay, here's a place I can jump in fresh. And right. There's an artist I like and a, a writer we both love. And, and I was like, um, this would be a good jumping on point. And then, right. like, it wasn't. It really wasn't. Uh, yeah, but that was probably the only issue that did that. Was it? Yeah. Okay. And I will also say that was the worst issue so far of that yeah. run. Yeah. I, I'll finish it up since, I mean, I bought the first eight before right. I uh, got around to reading them, and I read the first two or three, and then I just kind of got pissed off and put them down. Right. But when I was I was doing the previews order for, for March, and every single DC book that has anything to do with a Bat character... Is a crossover. Is a crossover with, like, the Owl thing. Yeah. And I love that new Batman series... But I am not going to read Nightwing or Batwing or yeah. Batwoman or Batgirl. And if it well, looks like I have to to find the, right. all of the story, I'm done. I would, uh... I, uh... Hmm. Well, I'm reading Batgirl and Batwoman because I think they're good. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, I'm sure there. Yeah. I'm sure there are good titles right, that are right. crossing over, but I don't want to read more than one bat book. That's fine. Uh, but you know, I'm gonna say that if those books weren't good, I wouldn't be reading them, and I would uh, almost be in your same position, uh, except for the fact that uh, if I do like that Batman comic, mm-hmm. which I do, yeah, you know, uh, Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo, it's really really good, some really good stuff, yeah. Uh, Never in a million years did I think I would become a fan of Greg Capullo. <laughs> right. right. Uh, uh, but yeah, like a giant crossover like that happens, then either uh, for the length of that crossover, I'm not buying any of those books, or I'm just going to continue to buy the one book that I'm getting, right. and just, uh, you know, if I miss something, fuck it. Because, uh, fuck crossovers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> But see, the thing is, though, like, the first option there of skipping the crossover, like, right. it looks like it's it's a continuation of the current storyline. Right. Like, that's been going on in all six issues. Right. And, like, that pisses me off, because, I mean, I, I get that they're trying to sell books, and, you know, they're like, hey, maybe we'll cross them over, and somebody will find another book they like, but... Right. But, you know, at the same time, this is something that's been going on for 30 years in comics. Yeah. So this isn't anything new. It's not, but I th- I just thought like it's there's frustrating. There's yeah, a part yeah. of me that was like they're starting over. Maybe you know I can just read Batman and like, you know I mean I guess in my mind like I knew eventually I had to cross over. But I mean right. I, when I was making out the preview order, it wasn't like two titles. It was like eight other titles. Right. And I was like, oh that bugs me. Right. It really bugs me. Uh, one can only hope that uh, you know it's one of those things where, uh, you know. You can read the main story. Right, and, and, like, all those other books are just sort of, you know, ancillary to, right. you know, that book, you know. It's like, you could learn other things, but it's not entirely important to right. read a Nightwing to figure out what's happening, you know. Yeah, because, I mean, I read Civil War, and I didn't read all the crossovers. I, right. I think I read a couple issues of Thunderbolts and something else because I thought they looked interesting, right. but... uh I mean, yeah, I mean, you could just read the main book on that, but at the same time... There were things, I think, that happened in some of those crossover books that were referred to in the main series. See, that's how they get you. Like, yeah. It's not like you can read those seven issues of Civil War and you can understand the story, right. but there's just going to be these little pinpricks where they're like, oh, you know, well, no, he's not here because, you know, he's got that whole situation over in Memphis. And right. you're like, what the fuck's going on in Memphis? Oh, I guess I have to read four other books. Right. But again, yeah, that's something that they've been doing since, you know, Crisis on Infinite Earths, <laughs> right. you know? Yeah. So it's not new, uh, it's just a pain in the ass. Right. And it's, it's, I think, one of the, uh, well, you know, uh, well, back when it was Crisis on Infinite Earths, that was like one of the first times that that ever happened. Yeah. You know, and I think we even talked about this when, uh, we did the Secret Wars, was that, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> That book lasted uh, 12 issues, but, like, you know, uh, <laughs> there were no crossovers because, like, you know, in the issue that uh, coincided with the first issue of, uh, you know, uh, Secret Wars, like, the next issue, like, Secret Wars is over. and so time ran differently for Or whatever, you know, and, like, like, you know, we pointed out, like, the black costume for Spider-Man, you know, didn't happen until Secret Wars number eight, but, like, you know, that... Second issue of, you know, Secret Wars, you know, that coinciding issue of Spider-Man, you know, he was back on Earth with Black Clash. Yeah. Yeah. You know. And they were just like, yeah, it was like, well, it was like, oh, that was a crazy you, adventure. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was it, yeah. 
And, uh, you know, you want to know how he got his fancy new duds? You know, read Secret Wars there. Yeah. And th- that's a thing, you know, and... I think it's just something, yeah, you have to accept if you're right. going to read Marvel or DC, or, you know, to an extent, some right. of the other companies, but... But at that point, when that happened, though, initially, you know, uh, it wasn't happening six times a year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, especially with Marvel, there is no lull between events now. Nope. There. I mean, it's not just the summer event anymore. It's it's, it's a, always an event. Yeah, which at some point is fucking boring. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's why I was excited about uh, like the book Daredevil. I was like, this looks like right. something completely separate and just like a fun Daredevil story. And and you know, like I said, I'll give it a I'll give it a shot. I'll, I'll read the rest of them. But it, it just it really did piss me off as soon as like I got two issues in and they're already referring to you know other books that I haven't read and I'm like. I think, you know, uh, with that, I think you're, you're kind of leaning on that too hard. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm saying this as someone who thought that was uh, probably one of the worst comics I've ever read. Uh, issue number two of Daredevil. Just that single issue. Just that single issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, the things that you're referring to, I think, you know, I mean, it was a fresh start for Daredevil, new number one, brand new series, new creative team, but it was coming off of like this crossover. In which, like, you know, there were major things that happened. Right. And there is going to be some touching back to, to what it was. Right. But, uh, I think, I thought it was minimal. Uh, you know, they, they just sort of, uh, you know, and I mean, I'm a Daredevil fan, so I sort of knew what was going on anyway. Yeah. You know, even though I, I, I did what I, uh, just said about the Batman thing. I skipped that entire crossover. Like well, Secret read, Invasion and all that stuff? Or? No, it was, uh, Shadowland. Oh, okay. Yeah, thing yeah. That was mm-hmm. that, that was being referred to in that issue was basically him becoming evil and the leader of the hand. Oh, uh, okay. The instant that that crossover started, I stopped reading and didn't pick it back up until uh, issue number one. Right. Because uh, fuck a crossover. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. There's only been that sort of minimal touchstone on you know just to sort of give you. You know, this is where Daredevil has been recently, and this is why he is currently doing the things he's doing. Uh, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Give I mean, the third issue a try. You know, uh, at least the, the first major story arc, and then right. see what you think. Uh, as, uh, as, I, as I told uh, my friend Joe the other day, that, uh, it's one of those books that, you know, I'm going to drop instantly if, like, there's more than two bad issues in a row. Right. And so far, there's only been the one bad issue, so. Well, that's cool. I mean, I just, I love the artwork. Like, oh, yeah. I love Marcus yeah. Mayer. I mean, I know you do, too. We both do. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I would almost just keep buying it, even if I didn't think I was going to read it. Right. As long as him, or even Paulo Rivera, because he's awesome, too. Yeah, well, Marcus Martin is gone as of, uh, like, issue six or seven. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> Well, maybe I will stop there, reading. There's like uh, 17 uh, fill-in artists uh, in the next few issues after that. And so he's not coming back? It's he just, is not okay. coming back. He, I think he's finally, he's doing a creator-owned book, I think. Well, that's cool. Yeah, I'll definitely so. do that. Maybe I'll just read the ones I have and yeah. maybe yeah. skip the rest. That's fine. Yeah, It's perfectly acceptable. Mm. Uh, Chris Somney is awesome. He's, I'm not uh, familiar taking over the book. What's he done? Uh, he's done some little bits, uh, here and there. Uh, I think he's done a couple issues of Ultimate Spider-Man. Uh, he did, uh, the Captain America and Bucky series, uh, uh that was short-lived. 
which I think is just becoming the Captain America team-up book. Yeah, it's like Captain America and Hawkeye next or something. Yeah, or? but then like the there's like two issues of that, and then after that it's Captain America and Iron Man. Oh, okay. Yeah, so huh. it's just Captain America and... It's like Marvel team-up only Cap. Okay. Right. Hmm. Which is cool, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, might it's as well. Not anything I'm going to read, but, you know. Unless... More maybe, power to them. Unless there's, like, a Captain America and Rocket Raccoon team up and Mike Manola draws it. If Mike Manola draws yeah. that, then <laughs> fuck yeah, I'm on board. That would be cool. Uh, uh, yeah. Comic talk. Yeah. Yeah. I like talking about comics. Me too. Uh, have you read any other comics this week? Uh... Yes. Yeah, yeah. Anything good? Yeah, I'm reading a, a series that uh, was a pre-New 52 uh, miniseries called Batman The Gates of Gotham. Oh, that's Scott Snyder, right? Yeah. yeah. Is that good? Uh, yeah, it's pretty good. Enjoyable. It's a little long. Mm-hmm. It's five issues. Uh, so far, uh, they've condensed a couple of the issues there. Yeah. But uh, it's uh, the last, uh, I think the last big... Uh, Hoorah for Dick Grayson as Batman. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't read that. Yeah, like, Scott Snyder's a name I don't think I'd even noticed before the new Batman series. Right. And uh, after I read it, I was like, wow, this is great. And I kind of, like, started kind of... I didn't research him at all, but every time I saw his name, I was like, ooh, he did that, too. Yeah, and I guess he's done a few things. Uh, he was working on Detective Comics before the, uh, the big DC relaunch. I think he did uh, a couple story arcs with uh, Jock, uh-huh. and a uh, story arc with uh, Francesco Francavilla. Uh, they were all pretty fairly acclaimed, mm-hmm. and uh-huh. uh, I read I read a couple of the f- issues. I have all of them. I just haven't gotten around to reading all of them yet. Uh, like I read the first two, and I was like, "Wow, this is incredibly good." Hmm. You know, not just art wise. You know, like like it was really good. Solid. So, yeah. I was just sort of like, you know, and then when they announced he was doing Batman as part of the relaunch, I was like, I'll definitely check that out. Even if it's fucking Greg Capullo, that <laughs> loser, that uh, Tom McFarlane whore. And that, that you would never like in a million years. Never. Yeah. It's fucking great. It's so good. He's great. You know, I really liked what he was doing on Haunt, too, but uh, yeah. slightly was different. more Ryan Otley, I think, though. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's so many cooks in that kitchen anyway. Right. Like, McFarlane was, was at least credited as an anchor at some point. Right. I think it was, uh, what was it? It was, uh... Like, somebody did break down, somebody penciled it, and McFarlane inked it or something? I think so, yeah. I think, uh, Ryan Otley... I think Capullo did breakdowns, Ryan Otley did pencils. Oh, okay, so it was. McFarlane inked it. Uh, and McFarlane and Kirkman wrote it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, I didn't really. I read the first five issues. It was like the first storyline, and yeah, yeah, just didn't really reel me in. I uh, I know I bought multiple issues. I just don't remember where I stopped. Uh, <laughs> Did you read them? I read the first one. Yeah, yeah. I thought it started out promising, so right. I, I I read the next four, but yeah, I just eh, nothing great. Yeah, I'll probably figure out how many I have and uh, read them. Uh, you know, figure out if uh, it's worth tracking down the the issues I missed. You know. I don't know. I don't know. Nah. I don't know. There's so many good things to read. Yeah, I got 
know, like six stacks of comics next to my oh, bed that I'm going through. Me here. too. I've, uh, I got, yeah, I got so much books to read. So many books. I mean, and like, like I don't, I don't mean to make that sound like, you know, like, oh my god, I'll get all this. I mean, like, it's, it's awesome because there's all this stuff I want to read, but it's like, how do you make the time to do all that? Right. Yeah, I'm in the middle of still reading two book books. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going back and forth between and not finishing ever. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, As us idiots do. Yeah. Yeah. We are dumb. I've got a book from the library that I'm not going to have finished by the time it's due. Yeah. But it's really good. Yeah, you Bang know. your head. You can always recheck it out. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure it's not on reserve. Nah. Nobody wants to read about metal. Nope. <laughs> not in Dayton. I'm up to the point of uh, early Metallica right now. Uh-huh. And it's pretty fun because, I mean, it's it's like, a, like James Hetfield and Lars... Uh, they basically met each other through a, like some sort of, kind of trading post for musicians, right. and they both like found each other and then like, it was love first. It was yeah, <laughs> but uh, it was it was funny because basically Lars knew a guy that was putting out a compilation record, and he was like, yeah, if you're in a band, uh, I'll put your rec, you know, your your song on there, and like, you know, he he played the drums, but he wasn't on the band, so right. he put. He he put something together like immediately, and they just wrote "Hit the Lights" and threw it on the record, like just so they could have something out. And like they didn't really even, like you know, he was like one of those guys, like I'd love to be in a band, but he just right. never really had the impetus to do right. it. But because of that, uh, it was like Metal Massacre or something was right. the record. And you realize then, as a giant Metallica nerd, you know all the I know. Yeah, <laughs> it was, I I had never heard that story though. I thought it was really neat. Really, really good stuff. Yeah. I always wanted to be in a band, but nobody wants to be in a band with me. Aw. If I had all my guitar equipment still, we would do it. Yeah. You've said that before. Yeah. That's and, true. I mean, you know, I have, uh, I have a guitar and I have a bass. Yeah. yeah. We yeah. could do something. But, you uh, have amps? You have amps? I have an amp. Yeah. 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 It's, it's not a great amp. It's not a great guitar. That thing's old. <laughs> it's like... Almost uh, 15 years old by now. I'll tell you what. Maybe next weekend we'll, we'll take this podcast down to the pawn shop and see if we can <laughs> trade it in for a couple amps. <laughs> Done. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Last episode, folks. Yeah. Goodbye. Yeah. It's for a good reason. Yeah. It's a good cause. Yeah. We'll be rocking out. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to be in a band. I want to be in a band, but I know it's just unrealistic. It takes a lot of time. Yeah. A lot of energy. Yeah. We'd be standing up right now and moving around. Oh, fuck that. I know, right? Fuck that. I'm, I'm winded from doing this. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, hmm. well, I, uh, I don't have anything going on in my life, do you? Uh, no, nothing, uh, nothing too exciting. Just, well, uh, just work and whatnot. Uh, just want to hold us quits. Sure. I get, I get to pick a movie, eh? You do. Okay, cool. Let's watch Harry Brown. Fuck yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Awesome. Nice. I've been wanting to see it for a while. As have I. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Harry Brown. Harry Brown, indeed. I think I'm actually off next Sunday, so I don't Woo. know. Yeah, we don't have to do a super late night thing. Sweet. 
I'll do what we can. I don't care. Whatever. Whatever. Mm, I'd prefer not to. No. Yeah. I'm a sleepy guy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not late night. How about whenever the sun goes down, though? That way it's nice uh, and cool. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, too hot already. What'd you say it was today? 80? 83. Wow. Isn't that the year that the first Metallica record came out? Yes, it was. <laughs> uh, and Masters of the Universe. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, fuck, bad issue. fuck 83 degree weather. It is still fucking winter. <laughs> it may not be by the time this actually goes up. Yeah, but as of right now. But as of right now, it is still goddamn winter. Oh, yeah, that's my girlfriend. I'm sure she's as pissed off as anyone about there. about this, this whole Mother Nature affair. Listen, I'm no fan of what winter entails. I like cold weather. I just don't like the snow and all the other bullshit that goes mm-hmm. with it. Right. I like it to remain chilly, though. Chilly but dry. Uh, and, and, you know what? I declared victory over winter. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Uh, I beat winter yeah, this year. Yeah. Uh, the I summer's never, kicking uh, your ass already. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I never got stuck in the traffic for, uh, you know, any length of time. Right. I did not, uh, at any point uh, throughout this past winter, uh, did it not take me five hours to get home, or or, or an hour to scrape your car off? The- right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or uh, have like a rubber mallet to try to beat the ice off of my car. Right. Uh, never happened, and I am calling that victory. Uh, but yeah, summer is apparently already ready to take its revenge on me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was bound to happen sooner or later. It wouldn't be so bad if, in my office, we would learn to use the air conditioner properly. <laughs> what, what's not proper about it? Uh, if it's uh, only 60 degrees out, my boss will turn on the heating. Oh. Is he 90 years old? No. Because <laughs> today, you know how hot it was today. It was oh, like, yeah. I heard it was like 83. Something like that, yeah. <laughs> um, well, I was at work, and, you know, normally Jack does not leave... Any later than one, right. usually more like eleven thirty or twelve. Right. But today, this guy brought in a sports card collection from the fifties, and it was like—I mean, it was like Mickey Mantles and Roger Maris and Lou Brock and all these old old players. And uh, and so he stayed there to went, go through the whole thing, and he was there till almost four o'clock. Right. And not only did he never turn the air on. But he hates the idea of propping our door open. Right. And he was wearing pants and a long sleeve shirt. Right. He's usually in a sweater whenever yeah. I see him. Yeah. yeah. Even in the summer. Yeah. yeah. It was hot in there. Yeah. Like people were fanning themselves and like, yeah. I think one family passed out. It was Magical Monday. It was so magical I could not imagine the smell. Yeah. <laughs> Just uh, ball rot and sadness. Oh. Mostly the both of those. <laughs> but yeah, as soon as he left, we just propped the door open. We didn't uh, turn the air on or anything, but... I would have turned it on for like an hour. Yeah. Just to cool it, just to normalize it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was crazy. It was really warm in there. Yeah, this is, uh... I'm declaring this bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. All right, Harry Brown, excited, looking yeah. forward to it. I mean, uh, yeah, wanted to see that since it was at the Neon. 
Me too. I was eyeing it at the library the other day. Library. And uh, on the DVD. And sure. I was like, ah, that's probably the next thing I should watch. Sure. I know you. I believe you have a copy? Or? Nope. Oh, you don't? Nope. Okay. Okay. Well, we'll find one. But I can uh, get it from Netflix. Sweet. Hopefully I can watch a movie in the next day or so to get it by Sunday. Nice. Yeah. Nice. If not, you may need to run to the library and watch their scratched up copy. Right, yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Well, it is on their uh, quick view section, so I, I couldn't rent it any time before Thursday. Okay, all right. So, we'll bear that in mind, then. Yeah. I'll try to watch a movie tomorrow. Sweet. All right, then. Maybe I'll watch one tonight. Ooh. No, I'm going to bed. Yeah. <laughs> I think I am, too. Yeah. All right, then. Take it easy. Good night, everybody. You can subscribe to Gutter Trash at iTunes or directly at guttertrash.net. If you go to iTunes, please leave us a review. You can email us at eric at guttertrash.net or jason at guttertrash.net. For more info, you can find us on Facebook. Or you can go to seanborn.net or buyerbeware.guttertrash.net. Listen to our sister podcast, League Night, at league.guttertrash.net. Thank you for listening. Until next time. <laughs>